Good morning, good day, and good evening, everyone. My name is David. This is my podcast, Steve's Labyrinth. Welcome. Here we explore the mundane to the most interesting, from the shallows to the depths, from the here and now to the ancient past. This is Geek's Labyrinth. Let's get started. In today's labyrinth, we shall be exploring coral reefs. Yes, the ones you find under the sea with the Little Mermaid Ariel, Weatherfriend, Flounder, and Sebastian. Now, many of you know what coral reefs are, but how many of you know what they actually do and what their purpose is? Well, today, we shall be exploring all the fascinating things that coral reefs are. They are a submerged ridge. Essentially what you see, like the mountains and stuff like that, just imagine those underwater. That's what coral reefs are. They help protect our environment. They're extremely important to the ecosystem. They essentially provide shelter and food and nourishment for fish and any other living life that is under the sea. Coral reefs are the result of a natural abiotic process. And for those of you who don't know what abiotic is, I'll explain to you because I didn't know either. It's a non-living chemical and physical parts of the environment that affect living organisms and functioning of the ecosystem. Now, coral reefs can be mostly found in tropical waters. And then there are many different types of coral reefs, uh, such as the tropical coral reefs, oysters, and sponge. The one component that helps them the most to become what they are are the calcareous algae and the coralline algae. Uh, sometimes they're given different names depending on where their relation is to the land. So you can find fringing reefs, barrier reefs, and atolls. That's A-T-O-L-L-S. For example, fringing reefs are connected to the land, so the mainland. Barrier forms calcareous barriers around an island that recreates the lagoon. The atoll is a ring reef where there's no land present, and that's pretty much all it is. Then there are some structures such as the ancient reefs that can give us information about the paleo-environmental location of Earth's history. Just like how you see water levels at certain periods of time against mountains, that is how some ancient reefs can help us determine what happened in that area in Earth's history. Then we have some reef structures with sedimentary rock that may be a trap or conduit for fossil fuels. And then one of the biggest and probably the most amazing reefs that we know is the Great Barrier Reef, which is located in Australia. But we'll get back to that in a little bit. So now we know a little bit more about reefs. We know that they're a living organism. But as many things in this world currently are dying out, unfortunately, and becoming extinct, we as humans have found some ways to possibly help or promote life and sea, such as artificial reefs. So now, in regards to artificial reefs, Charles Darwin, by some, has been attributed with the first artificial reef by attaching a dislodged coral to bamboo sticks and putting it in the ocean. Now, some others say that divers visiting sunken ships with the realization that they can help provide assistance to sea life is what stemmed the promotion of artificial reefs. Now, artificial reefs possibly began in the 1970s, 1980s, and the structures that worked very well were the ones that were stable, non-toxic, 
and we're diverse in structure. And that is because of the way that they're built that helps the other life that attached to artificial reefs are able to stick to them well and able to stay there so that the way they can evolve. Now, some of the most important reef builders that you can have when building in reefs and such have been the, the Rigosa and the Tabuleta corals, as well as the calcifying algae such as Rhodoptida and Mollusks. 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 Yeah, you get it. The current groups of coral that help build reefs today are the Rhizoa and the Scleroturia. I hope that pronounced that right. So you have those artificial reefs that promote life and try to get nature somewhat in balance, or at least help it along the way. Then you have the artificial reefs that help control erosion or block shift passage or stop the throwing of nets and improve surfing. And with these ones, you typically use oil rigs, scuttling ships, or rubble or construction debris. And the oil rigs are usually... Now, there is some controversy in regards to artificial reefs, that they're merely a band-aid to the actual problem. Now, when artificial reefs were created, some found this is a way just to be able to throw away the trash stuff that they couldn't really get rid of in regular dumpster sites, and which caused even more of a problem with people who actually make artificial reefs to help promote the ocean. And in the 1970s, a good example of bad reefs is the Osborne Reef built in Florida, where they dumped about... 2 million old tires for 30 plus years. So 30 plus years later, study showed there was no fishing living in that area. The tires were exuding toxic chemicals and because how Florida's Florida and it's in a tropical area, so you have storms on a constant basis, the storms were moving the tires all over the seabed. So it really helped nothing. Another example of bad artificial reefs are PVC pipes. Yes, they're meant with good intentions, cool. But the unfortunate thing is that they degrade over time releasing toxins into the ocean. And unfortunately, they're too smooth, as to my point earlier, for coral and other life to attach to. Dr. Lori Raimundo is the one conducted the study on it, which found that, unfortunately, a PVC or smooth pipe artificial reefs were not that great. And so the main point of the artificial reefs is to be structurally sound and to be able to hold the coral and other sea life, like sea anemones. But in recent times, we have been able to deploy new artificial reefs into the oceans that have been designed using long-lasting non-toxic materials. And like I said, and made differently, so that way they're not just like little domes or stuff like that that you've seen. And some of the main goals for artificial reefs are to replace structures and habitats when the natural reefs have been lost and increase its size to help embrace new marine life and the biodiversity, to relieve pressure, and to increase awareness. And an important side note that they're only used in areas where it's conductive to actual growth. So one of the things that actually happen to reefs, to like actual natural reefs, is coral bleaching. With coral bleaching, what happens is like I said, there are actual living creatures, so they also get stressed out. And they get stressed out by conditions changing, such as temperature, light, the pollution in the area, or even low tides. And when this happens, they spew out the algae, which, is this, which they have a symbiotic relationship with, which causes them to turn white. And the, the expulsion of the algae is called zooxanthellium. But because, because they are white and stuff like that, and coral bleach, they are not dead, as we'll see in a little bit. They can survive coral bleaching, but they'll be more stressed out and more subject to mortality. In 2005, the Caribbean lost half of its coral reefs in a year due to bleaching. And again, as I said, that could be due to many different factors. And if the coral reefs die, that impacts not just the marine life, but also human lives, our lives. Because coral reefs not only provide food for us, which when we go fishing, they usually... Fish are right by coral, so 
we can get fish from there but also they protect us from waves storm surges and so they keep most of our coastal community safe and the way we can help stop bleaching is by re reducing the amount of stormworms we have, minimizing fertilizer runoff, and just minimizing pollution in general to help with the climate change and help corals get back on track. Now, to get back to a point that I mentioned earlier, the Great Barrier Reef, which is, by the way, a wonder of the world. So the Great Barrier Reef has been, for many years at this point, dying. But most recently, it has been discovered that it's on the road to, road to recovery. And the way we've known this is because the colors are coming back. The Great Barrier Reef has been known to be beautiful, just fantastic sight to see. As I stated before, due to changes and pollution and such, it has lost its color. But now it has been noticed that it's recovering and bringing back its color. Two thirds of the Great Barrier Reef have been affected by bleaching, which in return has been caused by high temperatures. But because of its regeneration, it has been seen sending out sperm and eggs to help it grow and develop even more. So if you do enjoy seeing marine life while you're fishing, out boating, surfing, or just enjoying a day at the beach, please do consider finding a way to help keep the beach clean, the oceans clean, by volunteering or donating. Any way that you can help will be a great assistance. You can always donate to Team Seas that was created by Mark Rober and Mr. Beats. That foundation has reached its goal, but that doesn't mean you can't not donate. You can still donate as much as you want. So recently, there has been some developments showing coral reefs spewing out toxins, which is amazing. I didn't read the full article, but I did see snippets here and there, and it's pretty amazing to see. Also in November, deep underwater in the ocean's twilight zone, a coral reef has been discovered in pristine condition. So a group of scientists that were diving underwater discovered this coral reef with bioluminescent fish, jellyfishes, octopus, and also this reef, which usually is closer to the surface of the water to help it thrive, which is amazing to see. It's said to be 6.0 feet across, which is pretty good. And like I said, it's considered one of the most pristine coral reefs discovered on record. Now, if you want to read more about this, you can go to CBS News is where I found the article. It's called Magical Massive Coral Reef Discovered. Just check it out. Read it up. I'm sure you guys would like it. So my fellow adventurers, we have reached the end of this passage. I really do hope you enjoyed today's passage as much as I enjoyed guiding you through it. Again, I am your guide, David, and this is Geeks Labyrinth. Before you do exit the, today's labyrinth, please do subscribe, share, and leave a review. Bad or good, doesn't matter. It's all right. It helps me out. You can also follow Geeks Labyrinth on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I've also made a buy me coffee to help the fundies expeditions. So that way I can bring you more in the future. So again, my name is David and this is Geeks Labyrinth. Until next time, friends, TTFN. Ta-ta for now.